Hello, welcome to CarCast in Edmonds. I'm Matt, the moderator, Deandra, here with Alistair Weaver from Edmonds.com. How are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Oh, yes, very good. It's been kind of a, a hectic uh, couple of weeks. Uh, SEMA, which we, we talked quite a bit about, and uh, LA Auto Show is ramping up very quickly. And for us, for you and me and a bunch of our colleagues in the industry, that means a press day. And I remember a few years ago, maybe more than a few years ago, press day was two days. I remember it being like a Wednesday and Thursday. And now it's just the Thursday. Uh, and I, I, that's obviously because there's just far fewer presenting companies at, at the event. So Thursday is going to be kind of jam packed with uh, press reveals. Um, a lot of it gets teased online now, right? But yeah, we see most of it. And yeah, I'm off to, as we record this, I'm about to run to a hotel because I've got a 6.30. I'm on TV at like 6.30 in the morning or something. PR yeah. guys rang yeah. me up and said, Sunday auto show, we've got a great PR show. So yeah, what time is it? Yeah, it's 6.30 yeah. a.m. Yeah, it's always in the morning. But here's the thing is, is for those of you outside of California, our big freeway that takes us to the convention center that crosses from the beach to downtown LA is the 10 freeway. And it caught on fire. And this morning they they basically said uh it they need to they need to fix it. Like they need to smash it. You can't use it. It, it. They need to start over. They need to smash portions away, demolish portions away and rebuild it. And I don't know how long they think that's going to take. In my head, it's years. I don't know. But there's going to... Well, they're saying they, six weeks, but but like... They can't even the, file the paperwork in six weeks. There's it, no way... It, unless they... If they say demolished a section of the freeway and then fix it in six weeks, no way. It's impossible. It, it'd be six weeks in China. It, uh, it, it, if they mean like the, the center section of it or one of the standing pillars cement pillars needs to be repaired then maybe six weeks but they're not gonna make a gap in the freeway like speed and have us all jump over it in the in the metro buses and then fix it that's never gonna happen in six weeks it's not possible. the, 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 the thing that made me laugh i got an email a couple of hours ago from the show saying you know looking forward to seeing you together blah 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 and it said you know, perhaps you could consider using the metro instead of driving. <laughs> I'm saying that to people, especially car people in LA. Yeah. So yeah. you've got like that, that all, the automotive world going to the car show. Then you're saying to them, get on public transport. Honestly, I think probably 90% of the people going to the automotive press day tomorrow, never been on LA metro. So no, they probably um, have it. But your, your plan of like getting a hotel room like tonight, is is smart because you have an early interview but who knows what that traffic is going to be like uh, oh that, that was like, it like there's no way you're gonna no you, you'd be up at four in the morning you'd be hitting the road at four giving yourself two hours to get there and then maybe you make it maybe you don't yeah exactly and, and you know the public needs me matt <laughs> well, or some local news does <laughs> uh, well i will ktla survive in the morning if KTLA, i don't make it what are they going to do without you at 6 a.m <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be there in the afternoon, so I don't know how long your day is going to be, but uh, you'll just I you'll just turn up for the beer. I I I'm, I hope so. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. So I'm actually going to head out tomorrow morning. We'll get into this on later shows, but um, finally, I'm taking the Mustang Mach One over to Full Throttle Customs out here in Fillmore uh, and putting it on the dyno and seeing kind of what's what's the baseline on this car with the you know, with the initial twin turbo kit, low boost, six pounds, very safe tune, 91 octane. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty more in it, but I just kind of want to see where we are. Um, and then maybe 
you know, we can we can get this car up against one of your other cars on a, on a U. Well, then you can bring something. it down the test track, and we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll how run it some goes. proper figures on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like to get the dyno numbers for ahead of time, so we know what we're dealing with. Um, but anyway, that's going to be exciting. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting next couple of days with LA Auto Show and some of the press events and some of the debuts, which I'm looking forward to. Um, uh, still kind of baffles me that uh, Porsche is not going to be there at all. That whole Porsche room, which is always such a neat part of the LA show, is gone. Um, but, you know, still plenty to talk about. Um, we'll back next week to uh, to discuss all. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to get into was uh, this EV test that Edmunds just put out. I saw the press release for it. This is kind of a, a this is a very cool thing, kind of a very important thing, I think, is We've always been looking at EVs based off of range. And then there's been some discussion about efficiency, right? You have brought it up several times on saying something like the Rivian, for example, is not a very efficient platform. I, I don't want to say battery, right? But whatever the the, the platform is, it, it still takes you forever to charge it. And that costs money. And, and nobody's really, there's no industry standard on on charging efficiency and and things like that now all of these car companies go hey i can you could charge it in 10 minutes you could charge it in in 20 minutes you can charge it in five minutes you can get 80 percent very very quickly but on what like who's generating that much power and where are you you know like where are you generating that much power um but how do you create an equal playing field and test cars for this battery efficiency or charge time or what are the variation what are the variables that we're looking at so this has been months of work the reason i'm looking a bit grayer than usual as i'm on and propped up by caffeine is this has been a, a huge chunk of work over a, over a number of months to pull this off and it's really the kind of third part of the the triumvirate of of what we're what we're about so you have the edmunds ev range test which is how far it'll go on a single charge as part of that we've been measuring efficiency so not only how far will it go because that's a uh, dependent a lot on the size of the battery because in simple terms you have a bigger battery you go further uh but efficiency is a big component of that because you know that's that's about how much electricity you're using how much it costs and then ultimately how much it you know how long it's going to take to to recharge as well um, and so the third part of this uh, trifecta, if you like, has been what we launched today, which is the Edmunds EV charging test. And this is all about measuring how long it will take you to replenish the battery. So in simple terms, if you're going on a family road trip, how long will you be parked at a DC fast charger waiting for your battery to uh, to refresh itself so that you can then get back on the road to to, to recharge? So there's a lot that goes into it. So we partnered with a, a an engineering consultancy called P3, and they test the charging speed. So basically, that's plugging it into, in this case, a, a DC fast charger, uh, so 350 50 kilowatts, which is about as fast as you can get at the moment. Uh, the Tesla is a little bit different because obviously they use a proprietary system, which is a little bit slower. Um, and they're measuring a, a charging speed, but then we overlay that with our efficiency data and the reason you need to do that is because the time because what you're talking about is the time not not the size of the battery it's the time that you need to charge in order to go a certain distance 
So the way that we're describing this is miles per charging hour. So when you plug it into the fast charger, how many miles are you adding per hour? Because that's a metric that people can understand. It's similar to miles per hour. And then the second way of describing it, which we thought was important just because it's kind of easy for you know car shoppers to get their head around, is how many minutes does it take to charge 100 miles? So you're driving along, you plug your car in, and it will take X number of minutes to charge 100 miles. Right. So I, I get it. So we're, we're, the two scenarios would be I'm on a road trip and I'm going to stop. I have an hour stop before I need to be on the road again. How many miles can I add to my charge within that one hour? Am I going to get 100, 100, 110, 120? Am I going to get 80? I've only got an hour before I've got to be on the road again. How much range can I get? How much can I add to my range? And then the flip side is, is I'm on the road. I'm not going to make it. I have a hundred miles left. I need a hundred miles of charge. How long is that going to take me? So I can look at this from how much range I need or how much time I have available. That's those are the well, two benchmarks. Yeah. And it's also about, you know, you're going away to Thanksgiving uh, next week as we record this. And, you know, in the old days, we didn't use to factor in how long we're going to stop at a gas station. Maybe a little bit if you're in like a super thirsty car. But generally speaking, it's like, okay, it's 600 miles. I'm going to stop once or maybe not stop at all to to fill up my, my gas tank. And when I do, it's going to be five minutes and we're done. You know, with EVs, it's a little bit different. You've got to plan your route. Think about where the charges are. Think about how fast the charges are. We talked about this a lot on the show. And then think about how long it's going to take. So maybe that journey that you think is going to take you you know, 10 hours might now take you 12 hours because you've got to recharge the car. And this is obviously one of the challenges with with the EV adoption. So maybe it's good to look at some of the results. So the fastest car that we've we've measured is a Hyundai Ioniq 6. And okay. that charges at 868 miles per charging hour. So you add 100 miles in just six minutes and 54 seconds. Now, the reason the Hyundai scores so well is it's got a pretty sophisticated 800-volt charging system, but it's also a vehicle that's been optimized for efficiency. For people like familiar, the Ionic 6 is that really kind of slightly odd-looking sedan. It's super aerodynamic. It looks like nothing else on the road, and it's all been optimized around uh, around efficiency. So when you look at that, you've got like the in second place is the Kia EV6, which is basically the same platform as the Hyundai, but isn't quite as efficient. So that takes seven minutes, 48, 769 miles an hour. And then, you know, as you go down the list, first luxury virtual Porsche Taycan. Um, the Teslas are good, but not great. Mercedes is scoring well. And then when you get down to something like the uh the F-150 Lightning, which I know is close to your heart, uh, Matt, because it's a it's a big, comparatively inefficient vehicle, it's charging at 332 miles an hour, and it takes 18 minutes. So it's taking nearly three times as long as the, as the Hyundai, two and a half times as long as the Hyundai. Right. Okay. Now, you guys have to kind of wrap your head around some of the numbers being crunched here because when we yeah say, I'm, I'm giving you a lot of information here I, yeah but when we say hey the hyundai ionic 6 gets 868 miles in an hour of charging on the fast charger you can never get 868 miles because the battery would it just means 
if you could charge unlimited capacity on that car, it would have been 868 miles it, in, in it, an hour. But real out, the reality so, is, is it was the least amount of time on the charger, which was like you said, like six minutes. So we, the, our figures are based on the average from 10% to 80. And the reason we do that is because you never really run the battery down to zero. It's not good for the battery, but also you run the risk of being stranded. And then 80% is the generally what almost all OEMs would advise you to charge to in order to prolong battery life. So for normal use, charge to 80%. For you know occasional road trips, charge to a charge to 100. So we're measuring the average speed from 10 to 80%. Um, so you see this in Tesla. It's not a new concept. You see it in Teslas when you plug your Tesla in. It will actually flash up in the display. You're charging at 250 miles an hour. And that's just how fast, basically, it's stuffing electrons into the battery uh, to recharge it. So, I mean, I think the key thing is not to get necessarily too hung up on on some, you know, on, on what what a, you know, the miles per hour. It's about how long you're going to charge. You're going to be sat at the the charger. Yeah. And, you know, if you're thinking about doing this regularly, these these, you know, these numbers start to add up. And this is on the fastest charger. So, of course, if you're on a, a slow charge, it changes. But it, this is so you now you're looking at, you know, six minutes versus, you know, the, the slowest car that we tested, which is using old school battery technology, the Chevrolet Bolt, 172 miles an hour. So it's going to take 30, almost 35 minutes to achieve what the Ionic 6, you know, manages in six minutes. So, the, so that's the a Chevy huge difference. The Chevy Bolt itself, if you plugged it into that fast charger, the Chevy Bolt is slowing it down. The Chevy Bolt wasn't necessarily made to be charged into something that large, right? That yes, that, that powerful. Because one of the metrics that we also pull is about the peak charging speed. So what how how much power can it actually actually pull out of the charger? In the in the Bolt's case, it's just fifty four kilowatts. Um, and that technology is now being made redundant, but even something like the Mustang Mach-E, um, which you know is a is a great vehicle in many ways, but that's taking twenty minutes to charge in a way that the Ionic's taking six. So we are seeing quite significant differences. One of the things that when we originally devised this test was, you know, actually are we going to see much difference? And so, the reality is quite a bit. So let's talk about what's limiting these what makes one good what makes one perform poorly it is do we know the answer to that is it battery technology is it software is it the hardware between the plug and the battery is it some sort of internal brain box is it some sort of onboard charger or i i won't even know what the term would be but some sort of regulator for how much it, it can take, you know, like it needs, the car needs to do a few things. It needs to preserve the battery. It needs to not overheat, catch on fire. Like it needs to, it needs all these safety precautions to do it. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of like putting the catalytic converter on a gas engine and it needs to, you know, and the tune of that car it needs to do all of these things to make it as fuel efficient as possible. You know, can we get, we could probably get almost any gas engine car, put it on a dyno, custom tune it, not worry about emissions and make way more power. But at at the cost of, I'd say emissions, but probably at the cost of, to simplify it, the cost of miles per gallon. 
and go, we could, if we chop off a few miles per gallon, we can get a lot more performance out of it. And in this particular case, the car manufacturers need to throttle how fast it can charge or build in enough hardware and software to make it happen fast, right? Yeah, so what what you're seeing as the technology evolves is there's a I, I firstly a caveat, Jonathan Alfarlan is our head of vehicle testing. He's a proper engineer. I'm not. So I could get myself in trouble relatively quickly here, but I know enough to be dangerous. So maybe we'll get Jonathan on a show in the future and he can um we can we can sort of geek out over this. But in simple terms, yeah, you have to have a charging infrastructure on the car. And there's been a lot of fuss made around eight hundred volt systems, which in simple terms meant that you know this was able to charge at a faster rate you could stuff more electrons into the battery um in in the same time period and what's sort of pleasing about this and i think really interesting is although it is synonymous with some of the more expensive luxury cars like the you know the Porsche Taycan we've also seen it introduced on you know the Hyundai Kia Genesis so Kia EV6 Genesis GV60 Hyundai, Ionic 5 and Ionic 6, all of which are strong sellers, they're all basically using this same architecture and all are able to charge at a at a really rapid rate. And then if you look down at uh, the Fords, for example, and this is what's sort of shown up in our um in our data, they're not using the same level of technology that's not charging um they're not charging as as quickly. Um and it's also once you get um so there is so so a lot of it's technology led, and then there's also getting into you know there's all sorts of tuning and refinement, and as we've seen in our data, a charging curve is not linear. When you plug it into a fast charger, you don't just sort of plug it in and get the same speed throughout. What you get is 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 a sort of is a curve that varies quite dramatically from vehicle to vehicle because you tend to get the fastest charging when the battery is relatively empty. So little bit more than 10%. And then as it starts to get more full, the charging rate starts to taper off. And above 80%, charging tends to slow right down. That's all about protecting the battery as it um, as it gets close to full. So there's a lot of technology goes into it. And one of the big parts, the one of the big reasons for doing this test was there is no, as you said at the beginning, there is no industry standard. So if I'm getting it on my soapbox for a moment, what everybody does is say, ah, at... 15% of charge, we're charging at a million miles an hour. And the fact yeah. that the curve then drops off a cliff is irrelevant. Or people are saying from 30 to 60, we're charging at this rate, or from 30 to 80, or basically whatever metric makes their vehicle look good is what's been quoted. Right. And what course. our test and, is and trying to do. That's what marketing people do, right? That's what marketing people do. So yeah. I, you brought up an interesting point. Um, it the car itself sort of throttles how fast it'll charge depending on how much it thinks it needs the charge. So when you put all of these cars up in this test, did you aim for some sort of parity at the start? Like everything's like maybe charged to 10% or 15% to, to start with, or in anything with a lower range, maybe everything had like 50 miles of range like was there some no everything is 10 everything starts at 10 percent and charges to 80 so that's it you kind of got every one of these cars to roughly a 10 percent charge and then started the test yeah not even roughly like this is the the charging part of it was done by uh, a p3 uh, a really sophisticated engineering company that we partnered on this and 
we've worked with them closely on this. So there's a lot of science has gone into to that element. And then we layer on the the real world efficiency test, which obviously we stand behind and been doing for quite a long time now. How, how did you get 43 cars over at the same place? <laughs> Pardon? How yeah, you it's a lot 40, of work. 43 cars over at the same. Obviously, you didn't do it all at the same time. You guys have been working on this for a while. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can, you know, you're, you're working with, you know, certain charges and certain charging companies to normalize everything. It's, there's a lot of there's a lot of science underpinning all of this, because ultimately it's our reputation, right? This is what we this is what we do. And there's a lot of people taking aim. And it went live this morning and it's been it's been really rewarding to see a, a really positive response to it. So that's been good. So um, the next question I have would be, yes, all of these car companies, not all of them, but many of them, like I remember Porsche, for example, when the Taycan was being announced, Monterey Car Week, they had the prototype, the concept there, cool looking car. One of the things they were saying was like, oh, it's an 800 volt system. You can really charge this fast. And, you know, if you had enough power, you can get it from, like you said, from 15% to 80% in a certain amount of minutes. Knowing that, are there any cars on this list that you think nailed it or like way missed the mark? Like, again, I'm not picking on Porsche, but if if Porsche said Taycan goes from 15% to 80% in five minutes, but when you tested it, it did it in four or it took 10. Is there is there is there something there that stood out as sort of a, a bogus claim? Or yeah, a I'm, better claim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I should say that if anybody wants to see this, it's edmunds.com slash charging. Um, yeah. And then that will take you to the table and you can sort of play around with this data, this data all you like. Uh, I mean, as I we've already mentioned, the, the Hyundais, the Kias, the Porsches, they were the standout performers. Tesla did pretty well, not great. Mercedes also did well. Tesla, Genesis, well, Genesis is part of the, the Kia group, of course. Mercedes okay. Tesla did okay, not great. Um, Lucid was pretty good. We didn't quite interesting when you look at the peak charging speed that they're claiming, three hundred kilowatts. We weren't able to match that. We had a, a peak charging speed of two hundred and seventy. Yeah, that's um, what I'm asking specifically. Yeah, is... there's a couple of things. I mean, it's still impressive, but it's not yeah. quite what they're claiming. And then it's only really when you get down. The BMWs didn't do fantastically well. Uh, Volkswagens. Likewise, did okay, but not great. Um, and then the Fords, both the Mustang Mackie and the Lightning, um, you know, relatively disappointing. They weren't able to to take advantage of the of the power of the charger. And then you get into things like the Rivian, which although they can charge at a reasonable rate, not the fastest, but charge at a uh, charge at a reasonable rate. The reality is they just don't have. Um, they it's just a big heavy truck with a massive battery so you know that takes 90 minutes to add 100 miles so it's partly a function of it's not charging quite as fast as some but also the fact that it just uses a hell of a lot of juice and i was on the show what a few weeks ago and we were talking about my experience trying to charge the rivian on a road trip yeah on a family vacation and what a disaster it had been and you know it's it's just if you want a big heavy truck it uses a load of juice yeah, I mean, it's the same with a gas truck. There's no difference, and the efficiency is not that dissimilar. But you just got to accept you're going to spend more time parked at a charger. You just are. At the bottom of the list is Chevy Bolt, which is 
hampered by older technology. Do you think the Hummer would have beat that car or been worse than that car? <laughs> we haven't tested a Hummer. You're right. The yeah, there's, got a... there's only a handful of them out there. They only sold a handful. But the battery is so big, even with the best technology, it would just be a massive amount of power to charge that behemoth well, battery. And now yeah, I know you're I mean, just that... trying to get to 100 miles, but... Yeah. You know, yeah, the, the, the Hummer's got some quite fast charging technology, so it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be as bad as a Bolt for sure. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, it's really inefficient because it's a monster truck on the road. It so, um, so it's trying we, to get people. Sorry, Mike, go on. I was going to say, how do we equate this to dollars at some point? Right, there needs to be. I mean, not all like gas stations. Every gas station has a different price for the most part. Charging stations kind of do as well, but when can we start to figure out the cost? If we say the Hyundai Ioniq 6 was the most efficient to charge, you got the most amount of range, six minutes on the charger to get a hundred miles. Well, you're you're paying for six minutes on the charger, right? You're paying because it's delivering the same amount of kilowatts to every one of these cars. So if you're on there for less time, you're paying less. Is is that is that true? Uh yes. Uh, and also bear in mind that fast charges are expensive. You know, we talk a lot about OEVs are cost effective and everything else. If you charge them at home, yes, they are. If you've got a decent electricity plan, if you're fast charging them, then frankly, they're as expensive as a gas car. If you're just using fast charges out on the highway to to keep them topped up. So it does make a, it does make a significant difference because ultimately you know, if you're if you're asking the, the the charger for twice as much power, it's the same as putting twice as much gas in your car. So uh, it is it is a simple equation. That's where our efficiency test really comes into its own, because it's just saying, you know, this is how efficient the car is. This is the equivalent, really, of miles per gallon. And we naturally equate miles per gallon to cash at the yeah. pump. And it's only because, you know, to date, people are more familiar with, you know, plugging them in at home. So it's kind of lost in your electricity bill and you don't think about it the same way. But the more time people spend using fast charges, they're going to see the the dollar rate keep racking up and racking up, and realize that this is actually, you know, significant sums of money, and that just as a big truck in the gas world is a lot more expensive than a than efficient sedan or SUV, it's the same in the electric world, and the cost differential is just as much, if not more. the The other interesting thing that we that that came out of this is is about charging losses, which mm-hmm. is also a bit of a new concept. And we haven't gone big on this today, but we'll probably come back to it just because I didn't want to kind of muddy the message a bit. But like the Teslas are the Teslas are basically super efficient in the way that they ab- effectively absorb the electricity. So charging loss is like spilling gas onto the forecourt. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And you've got some really standout stuff like the the Polestar is charging losses were nearly 18%. So 18% of the electricity that you're paying for is not going into your car. You're just spewing it onto the forecourt. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Whereas with the Tesla, it's down at, uh, where's my figures? It's down at like 0.7% on a Model S Plaid. So you're just, you're not wasting money. So there's a lot of like really interesting nuances that, to be honest, even we are starting to scratch the surface on. This is super new technology. It's super new test, but there's a lot of stuff in here that's, if you're a bit of a geek like me, is really interesting. And B, it shows how much kind of BS is happening in the industry and how many people are making claims all over the place, which are quite hard to justify. 
Well, like I said, I, I'm not I'm not trying to pick on the industry and go, everybody's making bogus claims. I'm they're just it's doing not bogus claims. They're just yeah, they're highlighting stuff that makes them look good. Yeah, they're 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 picking the best part of their results and bragging about it like anybody would do, right? Uh you know. Um okay, so this is the first time you guys have done a test like this. So uh one of the questions I think is gonna come up is why do this test with the big fast supercharger? And of course, the answer to that initially, I imagine, is because this is in the we're, we're trying to address like the road trip issue is is not the charging at home issue. This is the road trip issue is like you're going from here to Vegas or to San Francisco and you're planning your time. You need to add 100 miles of range or you only got a half hour to charge. Like what can you do on the road trip? But I think in the future, this would also be interesting to see how this compares on a, you know, uh, you know, at, at at one third, you know, like a phase two or. Yeah, you know. well, we actually already, to be honest, but we actually already quote that on us. So that's actually a much more simpler metric because the way that a vehicle charges if you just plug it into what we call level two like a 240 volt system at home is is very different to how it fast charges um uh, so we actually have that data on the site already that that's a little bit it's a little bit different it doesn't require all the sophisticated testing that we're going through here it, it'd be interesting to see these charts side by side uh yeah this that i'm looking at because as you pointed out the cars themselves will react differently the software the hardware reacts differently to uh, how much power and how it's going to use it, you know, like the, the, you know, spillage, if you will, of that I is, is like you said, the Polestar loses a bunch of, of the available charge. Eventually it doesn't, doesn't take advantage of it. You would spill it. Like you said, like gasoline, but at 50 kilowatts, does it not do that? Right. So, uh, so I think what we should do, if we want to get really technical, I'm going to get Jonathan to come on the show before I embarrass myself with my limit of engineering prowess. Uh, I listen, might be the I, front. I, I I totally agree. Like I I like the engineering side of this thing. We should have that conversation. And I'm not trying to. I my I'm not trying to add a hundred questions to this massive test that you guys have done. I'm just trying to because we've never seen a test like this and we're, we're talking about new terms or things that, because there's no industry standard, I'm trying to sort of define it all. And, and yes, there's going to be questions. And it's like when we were making documentaries, it's a f fantastic story about, you know, Paul Newman or Tommy Kendall, good luck trying to tell it in 90 minutes, you're going to leave something out. So there's always going to be something left out. Uh, but I think this is an incredible amount of information. I think it's super useful. Uh, I think when you're looking for buying guides, when you're going to Edmonds and you're going to the LA Auto Show and you're looking at new cars and you're looking at range and, and how nice it is and, and that stuff, this is something that should be a part of that buying guide decision. Because yeah, I this mean, is going to what... affect your, your wallet. And that's what we're trying to do here. You're right. I mean, we're getting a bit geeky about it and you can sort of dig down. It's like a multi-layered approach. If you really want to, you can really dig into the data and draw all sorts of conclusions. At its heart, this is a measure of how much time you'll be spending sat at a charging point, uh, you know, sat at a charger 
if you're on a road trip or out on the out on the highway somewhere. And that's a really important metric. So what we're trying to say is range is super important. How far will I go on a charge? Efficiency is super important because that's really a measure of how much am I going to spend, amongst other things. And then this charging test is a measure of how long is it going to take me to fill up out on the road? So when you put those three elements together, we feel that we've got like a, I feel like a sales guy now, but I feel like we've got a really convincing proposition for consumers who are looking to buy an EV. And they're all data points that haven't been properly defined by the industry generally. And there's flaws in the EPA system of of vehicle range. So we've just tried to say, look, it's the merchant industry. How can we, with the resources that we have and the expertise that we have, simplify this for the car shopper? And, you know, we believe that's the, you know, that's the value of these, um, of these studies. Yeah, I think it's good. I'm going to need, <laughs> I'm going to need some translation. Uh, this, this miles per hour, because it's such a common term, the miles per hour charging, because that number it's looking at all of these cars side by side, the number is relevant to me. But in the real world, the number isn't as relevant to me. This is just me picking on it now, being a suggestion. 868 miles of charge in one hour for the Ionic 6. The real world is instead of miles per hour, I want like miles for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or something. Because yeah, well, then in my head, I can go, oh, wait, how, what do I get in 10 minutes? You know, on well, this that, charger. That, but that, that, that's, that's being defensive for a moment. That's what we're giving you, Matt. That's why in the in the table, uh, you've got miles to add uh, time to add a hundred miles. Now the reason there's so much work gone into this. The oh, yeah. reason oh, uh, that, here's the other part of the table. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. So go. the reason that yeah. what you're Average asking for miles. Yeah. The reason what you're asking for is difficult as a comparative measure is because battery sizes are different. So if yes. you say to me, how long will it take me to charge from 10 to 10 to 80% on a given car, we can give you and we'll give you that data point. But because battery sizes are different, it's not comparative. Because 10 to 80 to charge on a Rivian with a much bigger battery is naturally going to be longer than on a Model 3 with a much smaller battery. So the only way to come up with a comparative measure is to get is to limit is to give a sort of fixed amount of miles in this case 100 100 miles right which is a good benchmark which is oh, not right on a rivian it's 25 or 30 percent of the battery range if you add 100 miles and yeah. on something like an ionic six that could be you know and maybe it's i don't know 180 mile range yeah. you're, uh, you're 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 doing a lot more of the battery so what you've got is a comparative speed and then a, uh, and then we also dress it up as a comparative time to add a hundred miles. So the speed is probably less about like visualizing. Does this mean I add eight hundred miles? No, what it's saying is this is the speed at which it's which is which is which is capable of charging on average. But then we do give you this metric for time because, as you say, it's just something that as consumers, it's a little bit easier to wrap our head around. Yeah. Well, listen. It- it's it's good it's good data it's super informative data uh makes me sad for my honda for my uh ford lightning but aside from that everything else is wait well, you is see good. what you know Matt, is now next time you sat there you know with tabby yeah. like trying to charge a car late at night 
you'd be able to look at this and say, Alistair told me so. Alistair told me so. But I, I but I'm looking at the uh, the loss and the lightning is 5.6 percent loss compared to some of these other cars that are interesting. Eight percent, 10 percent, nine percent, 11 percent. I'm like, uh, I'm I'm a little surprised that the lightning was only, you know, uh, it was only uh, 5.6 yeah it's so, a, it's a better so they're doing they're doing something right so yeah. yeah and it's interesting that there are such big differences and you know as you'd imagine we we're already getting quite a bit of you know conversation i'm sure the uh, the reason for launching it today of course was because it's la auto show and there's lots of people around tomorrow so we can go and talk to it talk to people about it so it will be interesting to see what the reaction is i got a got a note back from porsche already saying this is super interesting um you know i'm sure hyundai and kira will be pretty excited by it and others less so I, listen, I, if anything surprised me on the list, um, well, the good and the bad. The good is Hyundai, Kia, Genesis. Uh, they've been crushing it with their cars, with their design, um, the whole lineup, and now proving themselves as being, in a sense, the most attractive EV platform, one of the most attractive EV platforms out there. Um, that's great for them a little surprising uh but but in a happy way uh little little disappointed that bmw wasn't doing better i expected good things from porsche and mercedes because they're high-end cars and you're paying a premium um a little surprised bmw wasn't more up in in between porsche and mercedes yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure if we come back, well, I'm sure in five years time, we sit down and like analyze the latest results, everything's going to look very different. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's going to look different. You know, as you stare at this list and the amount of work that went into this thing, years from now, there's going to be the battery half-life and the similar tests and on used cars and going, oh, you know, now which what's the best used EV for me to get? You know, like hey, well, we know. we we already do. Like we have a partnership with a company called Recurrent, which does a lot of looking at that. Like, and actually, we quote. Told you we're into this big. We we actually quote that on the. We should talk about it another time. We actually quote some of that stats on the um, on the site as well about battery degradation over time. Yeah. So it's a, that's a whole interesting area as well. It's not. I'd say to people it is important, but it's not it's not like your iPhone where you have it for two years and then it's basically junk because you know it's not holding its charge anymore. It it it's a much smaller degradation than 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 a phone or something like that. But it does it does add up over time. So maybe well, that's a conversation for a different time. I mean, and it certainly makes sense. Uh for for a phone without a replaceable battery like an iPhone, I it, they want it to last a few years, but then get you into a new phone. It's a harder argument to do that when you're spending eighty thousand dollars on, you know, or anywhere from a hundred and, you know, from forty thousand up to one hundred and forty thousand on on a car. And there's such a used car market, like you you don't want to go. Hey, we know it's going to last three years because that's the term of your lease. We want to get you into a new car, so the battery's going to take a shit three years. That's not gonna. That's not really going to fly. So. Um, I don't know what the benchmark for the manufacturers is probably something like 10 years um, to be optimal on the battery and then some acceptable amount of degradation after that, but not trash uh, is what I'm guessing they're, they'll be going for. But 
I don't know. I this is going to be interesting. Uh, down the road, the recycle market and the purchasing of replacement batteries, whether it be from the manufacturer or the knockoff battery. <laughs> yeah, particularly at a time when technology is moving so fast. Like we used to have a BMW i3 in the family, which car that we absolutely loved. And you know, if this was a future classic, then it's a it's a fabulous little car. But then, you know, what does that look like in twenty years time? You're right. If you you know, you grab your Porsche Taycan or your Hyundai and go, I got it. It's 10 years old. I want to replace the battery. Do you get a cheap knockoff battery that's not as good? Or will you be offered from the manufacturer or the aftermarket a better, more efficient battery that's going to do better for you and go, oh, you're going to get 10% more range because battery technology over the last decade has gotten better. You know, I, yeah. I I wonder which direction it's going to go. <laughs> Just then you're going to need the whole technology to support it. Yeah, you it's 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 going to be it's going to be kind of interesting. But um, all right, well, listen, uh, as you said, edmunds.com slash charging, right? Slash charging. Yeah. Uh, that's, Check it out. Uh, uh, plenty of data, although yeah, I think we did a pretty good job in covering it. I don't know. I think you're a bit geeky, Matt. I think the problem is that like we got too much into the weeds. It's I, a really it, at its at its at its headline. It's a really simple measure. All you have to do is look at the chart and say, "I'm going to spend less time at the at the plug in that car than I am in this car," and we can show you what that equates to in in terms of time. Uh, yes, for sure. We we dove way deeper into this than we probably should have, but go to the website, look at the list. It'll it'll make sense, and then you'll be able to. To, to sort of look at one one car versus the other. And if you want to geek out on all the data, it's it's there as well. And there's a whole Q&A about how we got here. Um, Which the right, lawyers so like. What do, you, what do you say? You're going to hop in the car and head out to the hotel and yep. get ready Going, for an uh, LA auto show? Get ready for another another LA auto show. Uh, it's going to be some interesting stuff. I We just did a... Uh, we just had a look at the Toyota Camry. I just did a film on that that went live last night, actually. On if you look, check out the YouTube channel, that's going to be there. Um, there's some interesting Genesis. I mean, Genesis is doing great at the moment. Um, I think the Ionic 5N, if I'm correct, is there. That's the kind and that's of crazy... like a high performance version. Could be like 600 that, horsepower. Yeah, that's the sort of 600 horsepower um, Ionic 5. There's also Toyota's got these weird people. I probably had it. <laughs> excuse me actually i'm not sure the ionic 5n is going to be there i thought it was maybe it's not now but toyota's also got this with people has maybe slipped under the radar a little bit this they've got this kind of crown brand which crown yeah. is a sort of a is a really interesting like age-old car in tokyo in in, to in japan but then they had the crown sedan which was like a slightly posher toyota and now they're unveiling the the crown insignia Signia, sorry, not Insignia. Uh, the 2025 Toyota Crown Signia, which is like somewhere between a Lexus, sorry, somewhere between a Toyota and a Lexus. And it's, it's a, a bit of a tough sell. And it's an SUV, that one. And this one's an SUV. So they're, well, they're, they're, they're effectively creating a brand between Toyota and Lexus, which, let's face it, there's not a lot of space between the two to start with. So it's kind of like, little bit more market slightly plusher inside slightly different kind of look and feel I, but but what what is the order on the korean brands kia hyundai genesis 
Well, the argument is like Kier and Hyundai kind of sit side by side. The original thinking was Kier was going to be more sporting, Hyundai a bit more, but that's kind of gone out the window. It's just that they do their own thing, use the same technology, and Kier and Hyundai are, uh, sort of sit alongside. And then Genesis is seen as the luxury version. So that's the kind of, well, they wouldn't like the Acura analogy, more like a Lexus to Toyota or Audi to Volkswagen is Genesis. And then Toyota has got Toyota now Crown and then Lexus. Right. But they're but, all a bit blurred. Crown is a model, not really like a a, a brand, right? Uh, well, that's they're... what we originally thought. Now they've got two crowns. But now they've they got... got two crowns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're doing these. But but we're seeing it like with the Mustang nameplate. And we saw Bronco. We got Bronco Sport. We got Bronco. And then we got the variations, Raptors and all that stuff. But and then they want their own showroom and then Mustang, in the head, which has Mach-E. Uh, so maybe crown can buy be a thing i mean listen at, at one point genesis was not really its own brand and it sort of developed as its own brand and, and it's doing very well that way but yeah listen it could be could be kind of interesting yeah but there's well, there's plenty to see it's still be uh it's always fun to go to auto shows we talk about this a lot but still enjoy it. yeah yeah all right well what what do you say we, let's uh wrap things up and then um we'll we'll I guess we will try to get a show in the can next week. I know there's uh uh Thanksgiving and stuff, but I'd like to get a an LA Auto Show recap and and see what we what we think after seeing and kind of getting touching and feeling some of these new vehicles. Yeah, we should so make we'll, it happen. We'll aim for that. Uh and uh yeah, we'll just check it out for next week. Sounds right. good. Uh, again, it's edmunds.com slash charging for all that stuff. Carcast show is our website. Although I think we're a little behind on the website. So as long as you're getting the podcast, we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> There's, we had so many audio issues when recording the SEMA shows that I know we're behind on, on episodes and I apologize for that. And then it just took, I don't know. We just had like cable issues, recording issues, and you couldn't hear any of the interviews. And it's just been an incredible amount of audio editing more than I've seen us do in 15 years so uh, but we got we got some stuff uh, all right guys thanks we're gonna wrap this up until next time keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel for the latest updates and call-in times follow the show on facebook twitter and instagram at carcast show if you'd like to write in fill out the form on carcastshow.com and don't forget to give us a nice rating on itunes CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.